All right, everybody, welcome to this breaking edition of The Compliance Guy. I'm Sean Weiss, and as always, I want to say thank you so much for tuning in, logging on, and just hanging out with me for a while as we discuss the latest information in regulatory compliance, health law, and the business of medicine. Well, today, I want to get into the CMS omnibus rulings that have come down just over the last several days. And the very first one that came out was a preliminary injunction that was issued on Monday, November 29th by a federal judge in Missouri who actually blocked the implementation and enforcement in 10 states of an interim final rule by the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services that would have required employees of Medicare and Medicaid certified healthcare providers and suppliers to have an initial COVID vaccine by December 6, 2021 and to be fully vaccinated by January 4th of 2022. Now, this is a 32-page order that was issued by this U.S. District Court judge, Matthew Schlepp, and it's important to keep in mind that this applies only to Medicare and Medicaid-certified providers and suppliers in Alaska, Arkansas, Iowa, Kansas, Missouri, Nebraska, New Hampshire, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Wyoming. Now, in addition to blocking the vaccine mandate, the order also stays CMS requirements that providers have in place certain policies and procedures related to documenting vaccinations, providing medical and religious exemptions from the vaccination requirement, and accommodating for employees who are not fully vaccinated. Now, if you all remember back on November 5th of this year, uh, CMS published the Omnibus COVID-19 Healthcare Staff Vaccination Interim Final Rule. And what that did was require vaccination of all employees at healthcare facilities that participate in the Medicare and Medicaid programs, regardless of responsibility or patient contact. So that prompted these 10 states that I previously mentioned to request a preliminary injunction. Now, it's really interesting that in the memorandum, George, uh, Judge Schlepp discussed the basis for his decision to issue an injunction. And here's what he said. There are five points. The first is that given the vast economic and political impact of the CMS vaccine mandate, CMS needed clear authorization from Congress before issuing such a mandate, which it didn't actually have. And even if CMS was authorized to mandate a COVID vaccination for healthcare workers, it could not lawfully do so without a notice and comment period before the effective date. Now, the plaintiff states established that they were likely to succeed with their claim that the CMS vaccine mandate was both arbitrary and capricious. And the plaintiff states would be irreparably harmed if the vaccine mandate was not enjoined. So what were the alleged irreparable harms? Well, it was an inability of the states to enforce their own laws regarding vaccination mandates and proof of vaccination. Second, 
exacerbation of already existing healthcare facility staffing shortages, and third, a significant economic harm, especially in rural areas where vaccination rates are relatively low. And beyond that, Judge Schlepp remarked that, quote, the status quo without the vaccine mandate is better than it was even a few months ago and is sufficient to protect the public's interest in stopping the spread of COVID. So in this ruling, if CMS appeals, and it's important to know that at this point right now, as of yesterday, CMS said that they are not going to continue with the enforcement of the CMS omnibus rule. But if CMS does appeal, the appeal is going to go to the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Eighth Circuit. Now, the Missouri lawsuit does not apply to the other 40 states. And this is important because there are three other challenges to the CMS vaccine mandate that are pending in federal courts in Florida, Louisiana, and Texas. Now, the one in Louisiana actually came out on yesterday, December 1st. And by the way, welcome to the month of December, which for me is the greatest month of the year. Not only because it's full of all of the holidays and an opportunity for us to get together with our loved ones and our friends, but it's special for another reason. And I'll talk about that maybe just a little bit later. Now, the interesting thing about the case in Florida is that the court previously declined to enjoin the enforcement of the CMS vaccine. And then we'll see what happens with this down the road. But the status of the CMS vaccine mandate in the remaining 40 states outside of this one from Missouri could change if other states join this Missouri lawsuit. And again, depending on what happens in Texas, and we already know what happened in Louisiana on December 1st, and I'm going to talk about that in a moment. It is possible that this whole omnibus rule gets scrapped. Now, the Biden administration has declared previously that they plan to vigorously fight these rulings through the Department of Justice, and we'll see what happens. But to this point right now, if you think back to the OSHA mandate, OSHA said they're not going to enforce this thing pending what happens in the courts. And now CMS has come out yesterday and said, yeah, we're, we're not going to mandate this thing either. Because what we have seen is the current administration usurping their authority. And we'll talk about that in just a moment in the next ruling. So, the case in Louisiana. This one is really a fascinating case because the U.S. District Court judge blocked the CMS omnibus rule by issuing a nationwide block as opposed to the previous ruling 
which was only limited to the states that the court was asked to enjoin. For example, the one we were just talking about in Missouri with, uh, with Judge Schlepp, where his ruling only covered the 10 states. This one is a nationwide block. And the ruling was quite interesting for what I refer to as pure constitutionalist in that it stated, quote, if the executive branch is allowed to usurp the power of the legislative branch to make laws, two of the three powers conferred by our Constitution would be in the same hands. And if human nature and history teach anything, it is that civil liberties face grave risks when governments proclaim indefinite states of emergency. During a pandemic such as this one, it is even more important to safeguard the separation of powers set forth in our Constitution to avoid erosion of our liberties. Now, as I said, the emergency regulation issued on November 4th by the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services would have required staff at providers that participate in the programs to receive at least one dose of a COVID-19 vaccine by December 6th and be fully vaccinated by January 4th. So who is this judge in Louisiana? Well, he's out of the Western District, and his name is Terry Daughtry. And quite interesting, um, this is a judge who was appointed to the bench by former President Donald Trump. But regardless of what side of the aisle you sit on, I think his ruling speaks to the fact that whether it was a Republican in the administration or a Democrat in the administration, that he was going to follow the Constitution, which is critical for us as Americans. Now, transitioning away from the CMS omnibus rule, because we know that this thing is going to be appealed most likely, uh, and any appeals of Daughtry's decision from Tuesday, December 1st, would go to the Fifth Circuit Court, which is really important because earlier this month, the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals in New Orleans blocked a broader Biden administration mandate that businesses with more than 100 workers require employees to be vaccinated by January 4, or they have to wear masks and be tested weekly. And interesting enough, the attorney general from the state of Louisiana handled both as the lead uh, in these cases. <clears throat> now, as I said, Daughtry, uh, who is the judge in the ruling uh, that was issued on December 1st, uh, was nominated to the bench by former President Donald Trump in 2017 and was confirmed in 2018. And he acknowledged that the case will ultimately be decided by a higher court than in his. However, it was important to preserve the status quo in this case. 
and the liberty interest of the unvaccinated requires nothing less. Now, the states that joined Louisiana in the lawsuit included Arizona, Alabama, Georgia, Idaho, Indiana, Kentucky, Mississippi, Montana, Ohio, Oklahoma, South Carolina, Utah, and West Virginia. But the judge didn't limit it to those states that joined Louisiana. He issued a nationwide block. So let's talk a little bit about this OSHA mandate. If you recall back on November 5th of this year, multiple states filed emergency lawsuits in various courts, including the United States Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit, to invalidate the emergency temporary standards, or what we refer to as an ETS. What is really fascinating is that one day later, just one day later, on November 6th, The Fifth Circuit Court out of New Orleans in Louisiana halted the rule, issuing a temporary injunction based on arguments from a variety of parties. Now, the Fifth Circuit Court issued a permanent injunction blocking OSHA from implementing and enforcing the ETS. Now, the White House advised employers to comply with the ETS. And as you can imagine, there was a significant disconnect between the White House and the Fifth Circuit Court, which has led to a tremendous amount of confusion amongst private employers. I'm getting a ton of emails, phone calls, text messages, direct messages on various social media platforms saying, what do we do? You know, should we, should we move forward with the written vaccine policies that are required in the emergency temporary standards? Well, my reaction is no, because the the fifth circuit court has said not to, even though the white house has said yes. But the problem that we have is we have no definitive answer at this point. So it leaves us in limbo. So what I tell my clients is you got to have a contingency plan. Just be prepared. Don't get overzealous. Don't try to force employees to do something that a court has put a block on. Now, keep in mind that under federal law, when multiple lawsuits involving one or more common questions of fact are filed in separate courts, these petitions all get combined. They all get consolidated and they all get heard by one court, which is is sort of like a lottery, if you will. They get chosen at random. So at this moment right now, we have appeals that are pending in the following circuits, the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, and 11th, as well as the District of Columbia Court of Appeals. Now, we'll see which circuit court will hear the various appeals concerning this ETS. And keep in mind, Whatever court gets selected, they're the one that is going to have the authority 
to either affirm or undo the injunction the Fifth Circuit put into place. So right now, the fate of the emergency temporary standard is kind of up in the air. I think we're in a state of purgatory. And the people who are suffering are the employers and the employees. So, again, you know, depending on which circuit court is selected to hear this combined or consolidated lawsuit, you know, they, they could deem the ETS to be valid. And as a result, require employers to implement a written policy as soon as possible. Now, let's talk a little bit about what the court said in the Fifth Circuit. For an emergency regulation to be upheld, OSHA must show that the emergency regulation is necessary to protect employees from grave danger due to exposure to, quote, substances or agents determined to be toxic or physically harmful. Now, this was a 22-page ruling issued by the court, and what they identified were a multitude of reasons why this ETS should be permanently enjoined, including potential constitutional infirmity under the Commerce Clause and non-delegation doctrine. So, even if the ETS passes what they refer to as constitutional muster, right? The court went on to hold that COVID-19 was not the proper subject of emergency administrative action by OSHA. So the court stated that COVID-19 does not pose a grave danger because the virus, which is widely present and not particular to any workplace and non-life-threatening to a vast majority of employees, does not arise to such a toxic or physically harmful substance or agent contemplated by the OSHA Act. And in concluding this, the Fifth Circuit highlighted OSHA's prior statements, their own prior statements made by the agency earlier in the pandemic, that COVID-19 does not pose the kind of emergency that allows OSHA to take the extreme measure of an emergency temporary standard. I mean, this was from OSHA during the height of the pandemic, stating that they do not have the, you know, they, they don't have the authority to take these extreme measures of an emergency temporary standard. Now, second, with respect to the necessity of the ETS, the Fifth Circuit took issue with the attenuated relationship between the ETS vaccination requirements for all employers with over 100 employees and the alleged hazard of COVID-19. Now, 
In particular, the court noted that the ETS was, quote unquote, the rare government pronouncement that is both over-inclusive and under-inclusive. Now, the court says specifically that the ETS to be overbroad because it defines covered employers, not by the actual threat of COVID-19 transmission posed by a specific workplace or to specific workers, but broadly encompasses all workplaces based on the number of employees alone. Now, the court found the ETS to be equally under-inclusive in that it fails to protect vulnerable workers simply because a given employer has less than 100 employees, even though these employees are exposed to the identical alleged, quote-unquote, grave danger posed by exposure to COVID-19. So again, right now, I think the best thing for employers and employees to do is to just kind of chill out. Let these things play out into courts the way that they're supposed to. Let's let democracy prevail rather than executive orders that lack the constitutionality to be enforced. The biggest problems, in my humble opinion, is that both CMS and OSHA were granted authorities beyond what they should have been. And Congress was bypassed, definitely, with the CMS omnibus rule in the fact that, you know, CMS was granted an authority beyond what they should have been. So, as I said, let's just see where this thing goes. It's going to be interesting. It's going to continue to be politicized, unfortunately, which is not what we want during a public health emergency, during a pandemic. We want our leaders on both sides of the aisles to come together and to do what's right for the American people, to, to listen to science, to follow the facts, and to allow patients to engage in conversations with their physicians to help make a determination as to what is the best course of action for them. Now, I do not see either of these enjoined uh, issues as a win for anti-vaxxers. I don't. I see this as the judges in these cases following the Constitution and doing what is required from a judicial standpoint. So we'll see what happens. But in the meantime, there's still a lot 
that's going to be coming down the pike in the coming days, weeks, and months. So stand by, and as information becomes available, we will get it out to you as quickly as possible without jeopardizing the accuracy of the information. And with that said, it brings me to the end of this podcast. And as always, thank you for hanging out with me for just a little while today. And remember, be good to yourself, but more importantly, be good to each other. Until next time, I'm Sean Weiss. Take care.